big week coming up on Foul Territory. What time is it? Trade time. Trade time. Although, how come there's no trades today? Yet. They're all no sleeping. trades yet. They're all, yet. They're, all, they're all at Scott's rave. They're still waking up. <laughs> no, that's the beauty of the rave. You never go to sleep. You just keep making trades throughout the night. There haven't been any like 2 a.m. trades or anything. Let's start off hot. Number one, Tuesday, we're going to be on forever. We are having a foul territory trade deadline rave. It starts at 1 o'clock Eastern time. And there it is. Boom. Okay. It goes until six ish. That's when the deadline ends. So we'll let all the GMs wake up because they'll be all sleepy from their late night conversations and maybe a deal or two overnight from Monday to Tuesday. And then all of the last minute ish that they do, which I feel like is their thing these days because they're such negotiators. They all have the dudes think they're on wall street and they're trying to swing last minute. I don't know. Stock trades. Sounding like I know what I'm talking about. And then for those five hours, we'll be breaking everything down. And then we'll get those last deals that always come in around the six o'clock time. We'll finish those up. I'll be at Todd Father's place. Same with Kratz. AJ's going to be down there. Russ Dorsey's going to join us for a while. And we'll have about a billion other people joining us too. So if you're into that, join us for the party. Okay. Unfiltered trade conversations. Can't wait. And Kratz, I want you to comment on what you thought from Scherzer and I'll pick a piggyback off of that because at one point, not long ago, we were like, Oh, Mets might mini sell, but not the big boys. And now it looks like, yes, with Scherzer gone, Verlander could be gone too. And they're hitting the reset button. Yeah. It's a weird reset button though. It's not like our normal reset button in the MLB where it's like, Oh, we're going to, you know, it's going to be a two, three year rebuild. I just don't I don't see what's going on. If they don't make a huge push at Otani, I don't see what the point is unless you're like, ah, eh, it didn't work out because we had older pitchers. I don't know. Like we said on Friday when we were doing our role playing, unless Kate says Verlander's out, Verlander ain't out because some people like New York. May I just say that I thought it was a brilliant move by the Mets because sure. – they're not going anywhere. Those are two pitchers that are at the very, very back end of their career. No matter how you slice it, when you get to that age, right? Even if they do end up going multiple years after this, I mean, they're getting paid a lot of money. The Mets are nothing this year, right? They threw, they waved the white flag, which we talked about last week. So you get rid of some, a good chunk of money, not all, but a good chunk of money off that deal. And the one thing in my mind AJ, is that Steve Cohen always talks about the Dodgers. I want to make sure that that people realize his dream is to be like this consistent top of the division championship contender every year that not only pays for the big boys at the top, like the Freddie Freemans and the Mookie Betts, but also has a nonstop flow of prospects. They don't have that at all right now. The Mets system it's consistently over the last 10 years versus the Dodgers. It's not even in the same stratosphere. And they have to not only rebuild the system, but rebuild the development program. So in my mind, when you bring in someone like Acuna, he is immediately going to be their top prospect. So they went quality over quantity and you got a big time prospect, which you need more of that. Guys that like the Dodgers have done for years, you look at and go, Rias, Bellinger, right? And go on and on of how many players that they've brought through the system. Will Smith, right? I mean, we can come up with 10, 12 guys probably over the last decade that the Dodgers have groomed that have been really good. So if they want to be the Dodgers, be the Dodgers. This is a way to do it when you're not competing. 
Here's the thing. What what were the Mets known for for like 1962, whatever their first year was, until about 2015? What what do they always have? Homegrown pitching guys. What do they have now? No pitching guys at all. They keep bringing up all these prospects, right? Beatty, Vientos, Alvarez behind the plate, McNeil, Nimmo, all these guys. They're all position players. What don't they have? Pitching prospects. And what did they go trade for? Position player prospect. They need to figure out how to develop pitchers. Because if they don't develop pitchers, you have to find them somehow, which leads you to overpaying for veteran guys like Verlander, like Scherzer, like Quintana, like Carrasco, right? The list goes on and on and on for the Mets. Now, they were supposed to have this in Harvey, Syndergaard, all these guys. Well, they all went away. That was almost 10 years ago now. The thing is, how do we develop pitching prospects? How do we find pitching prospects? They're not out there that often, and when they are, you got to go get them. The problem is the Mets don't have the assets, i.e. position players or pitching, older pitching that enough people want where they can say, hey, we'll give you a Francisco Lindor because they signed him to a long-term deal, and most teams don't want to take that on. Now, maybe Jeff McNeil, long-term deal. Nimmo, long-term deal, right? Who can they trade or who can they go get and say – all right, you're going to be our guy for the next seven to 10 years. They don't have those guys in the system, nor are those guys readily available through any other organization unless you overpay for them if you're the Mets. And it's going to be a tough road to hoe. I don't care if they bring in Stearns from Milwaukee or if they keep the status quo they have now. They need to figure out a way to develop pitching and not have to go buy their entire pitching staff. Yep, that's very fair. And for the Rangers, I think, Kratzy, they're doing what we hope the Orioles would be doing. Not only did they pick up Max, which if he looks like the Max that he's been at times, right? He's been inconsistent. Like his numbers are like a number three starter, but there's been those starts where the slider's on and you're like, okay, if he finds it and gets on a run again, this is a huge pickup for them. Then they add Jordan Montgomery. Then they add Chris Stratton and they keep improving their pitching, knowing that they've got injury prone dudes. Evaldi's on the IL. Um, Martin Perez and Andrew Heaney are okay. Like this is a major supplement in my mind for a ball club that's looking around in the American League. Like, why not us? Statistically, Max is doing like you see the four ERA, but it's like four point zero one. So you look at that and you're like, ah, uh, you know, his strikeouts are down a tick, his velos down a tick, but still statistically there's a stat called stuff plus now it's a put together stat of all the things spin rate and everything nothing about results he's still top 15 pitcher in the big leagues and when you get a guy that's competitive into that environment to me i think it all i don't think you need to help a guy like Evaldi, but i think you get a guy like heaney he might get a little uptick from a guy like this he he can create an environment that will help this team. And I love the pick. I love, I mean, I love the pickup because I think this is a Chris young. This is what happens when you have ex players in your front office making moves. And Chris young said it so many times when we played together in 2015 with the Royals, he said twice in my career, I missed out on the playoffs by one game. He's like, I will do whatever it takes to not miss out on the playoffs. AJ, how do you weigh the AL West now? So we can mix in what the Angels have done, but also for me, important is the Astros too, because when we got off on Friday from the show, we covered the Lance Lynn deal and 
um, and Joe Kelly moving over to the Dodgers. And then that's like our deadline of the last time that we were on this show. Right after that, Kendall Graveman going back to Houston, which I thought was a great move by them to pick him up from the White Sox. With this Rangers weekend, three more pitchers, you think Houston should be the front runner for Justin Verlander? For somebody. Have, have you seen their pitching lately? Uh, other than Framber, who's been really good, uh, the rest of those guys haven't been the same. I mean, I mean obviously, Urquidy's out, Garcia's out. Javier hasn't been as good this year. He hasn't been as unhittable as he was last year. He's also thrown a ton more innings than he has, if you count the postseason. Last year, their starters are kind of banged up. Their bullpen's been getting beat up, too. Why? Because their starters don't go deep into games as they did before. So, yes, the Astros have to make a move. With what the Rangers did, they absolutely fired, like, their shot. They're like, Astros, Mariners, come get it. Because we're going for it. We're all in. And you have to love what the Rangers did, like Kratz said with Chris Young. The problem is the Astros have to go do something. Now, what's out there? Again, what is out there that you can go make a trade for that is going to change and make up games for you? I, I mean, is it Justin Verlander? Is it? Is there someone else? Stroman seems to be off the block now. He was kind of the big name. Do you go make a move for a Dylan Cease? I, I mean, if I'm the White Sox, I'm listening to everything on Dylan Cease. And if some team like the Astros says, hey, we'll give you our top five prospects, you have to make that move. Because guess what? The White Sox aren't winning this year, and the White Sox ain't winning next year with Dylan Cease. They think that they're going to build around Cease and Andrew Vaughn and Luis Robert. Okay, well, Luis Robert. Keep. Mm-hmm. Andrew Vaughn, look at his numbers. They're, they're not great. I love Andrew Vaughn. Great dude. Not great, right? Cease, one year of control. Who's Cease's agent? Is it Boris? It's Boris. Boris. Guess who the White Sox hate? Boris. Guess who always lets their players go to free agency? The White Sox? <laughs> no, Scott Boris. Boris. Uh, right? All <laughs> Boris, 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 Boris. He checks all the boxes, right? Yes. What, what did we say they, the Angels should have done if they were going to trade Otani? Trade him with a year and a half of control. How many times mm -hmm. do we say this? Oh, you got a year and a half. You got a year and a half. Guess what Dylan Cease has? A year and a half of control. You trade him now because, again, listen, I'm a White Sox fan. I'm a realist. They're like, oh, they cleared all this money. And, well, I think Bob Nightingale tweeted it. But guess what they have? Moncada makes $27 million last year. So all the money they traded has already been eaten up by future payroll commitments. So why not trade Dylan Cease now and get your highest return possible for him? Because guess what? If you – you're not, you're not going to compete next year unless you go out and spend money. The White Sox don't have a history of spending a huge money. And to be honest, the free agent class ain't that great this year. So why not trade them and get four or five guys if you can that can help you not this year for three years ago? Because guess what? The White Sox are rebuilding again. Whose favorite word in the world is that? A GM. Because guess what? They get three or four more years. So why not make the move now and give yourself a better opportunity sooner by making the move now instead of later? I'm with you. I love that. And we'll get to the Angels portion of this with Bob Nightingale coming up. So, uh, new new partnership. Oh, I got mm. those. Those are sweet, by the way. They are awesome. Mine are down in my car. But before you get to those awesomenesses, mm -hmm. I think the Rangers double-dipped on screwing over the Astros because they lost to the Padres. I thought the Astros' pickup was going to be Hater or a Snell kind of trade. But – they kind of double dipped on them and was like, Hey, we'll let these guys beat us. Think they're still in it and not trade. Smart, smart. There's still time though. There's still time and you can talk teams into anything. You just got to give up the prospect capital to pull it off. So uh, these are called shady rays, by the way, it is freaking hot around the summertime right now. 
Next next show. Uh, AJ, you have them Tuesday? Yeah. You're going to model for us on Tuesday? I'm going to go grab them when we're in break here, and I'm going to ask you who you think I look like. <laughs> uh, Want to shout out our new partnership with Shady Rays before we get to Bob Nightingale on the other side of our quick break here. So they have you covered with premium polarized shades that will not break the bank. We're watching out for you. Use the code foul at shadyrays.com um, to get hooked up with really the best deal that they have for you of the summer. It's exclusively for foul territory listeners and watchers. Shady Rays giving out their best deal at shadyrays.com. If you use the code foul, 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. You can try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. And here's some of the best parts. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, you get the pair. They told us they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can wear them with confidence because they've got your back. You break it, you lose it, whatever happens, they don't ask you anything. No excuses, right? Again, like we're trying to pair with brands that are for the people. This fits what we're all about right now, okay? It is the most insane protection plan in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by that lost and broken replacements guarantee that you have for there. It's an independent sunglasses company, world-class product, just as good as any expensive pair that you've ever gotten. So again, check out shadyrays.com and use the code FAL for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Bob Nightingale joining us right now. And I know you're busy as hell breaking news left and right. He's standing, he's in ready mode. So Bob, great to have you on. And one team that we didn't get to yet uh, in our combos was the Angels. So, of course, wanted to get your take on what's been going on the last two days. But if you can definitely hit on what you think the Angels have done so far. And for most of us, like all of the hosts that we have, like 10 of us on FT, none of us are still buying this team as a playoff team. I'm crazy what the Angels did. I think they are doing the right thing. Uh, he was, Otani was never on the market. You know, every time I talked to Bregman Asian, I said, I say, we're not trading him. Saw already Marino in Cooperstown. We're not trading him. Nobody wanted to believe him. Remember now, they want to sign this guy just like they did Trout. Nobody thought they could keep Trout. They did. The only way to re-sign him is to be competitive, trying to make the playoffs. Now they're doubling down by, you know, grabbing some pieces. They're still on the outside looking in. Still more of a long shot. But at least they're trying, and they're going to try like hell to sign him as a free agent. What else did they say? Like when you spoke to uh, Artie or Perry about this year in particular, of course they're going for Otani in the offseason, but do you like what they've done so far with adding, you know, the pitching that they've gotten the other day, right, and Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez, and then the fresh deals of Gritchick to replace Taylor Ward and then also C.J. Crone welcoming two angels back. And I think Crone was part of that last playoff team back in the day that fell to Eric Kratz's Royals. Mm. Yeah, back in uh, 2014. But, yeah, I mean, those guys go home again. But at least they're trying. I mean, you know, they gave up the number two, number three prospects. Prospects are prospects, you know. I hate these GMs that just sit back and we're not going to trade prospects. Next thing you know, they get a five-year extension. Uh, these guys are going for it. You know, Perry's throwing his uh, neck out there. He's only got one more year left on his contract. He wants to win, and he's going to be aggressive. He's got an owner that's aggressive, and Ernie Moreno. So uh, they're all in. Remember now, Otani makes that team a lot of money too. If they had traded Otani, it's like flushing $25 million down the toilet. They weren't about to do that. So if there's, so 
they're trying to recruit Otani by saying, hey, look at what we're doing. Look at all the stuff we're doing here. If they never actually go over the luxury tax, like your one tweet said they're $2 million, you know, it might push them over, and then they did some kind of financial tweaking. If they never go over the luxury tax, do you think Otani's agent, Otani, is going to sit there and go, you're not really going for it? <laughs> Well, at least they're, they're still finally go, you know, going over it. Uh, they do have a lot more depth, you know, a lot more depth than some of these teams, you know, like the, uh, you know, the Mets and the Padres and that sort of thing. So they've had a lot of injuries and are surviving. So obviously you're going away with the luxury tax by saying Otani and say, you know, hey, if it costs you $16 million a year, you're going to get about $25 million of that back just in the, you know, the money he produces. So they're doing everything possible. And they know that without Otani, you know, they're going to be a big drop off in attendance. And, uh, hey, you got to face, you know, Texas and Houston every single year. Hey, Bob, I've got a fan question from Al who says, ask Bob if he thinks the Cubs or the Padres are more likely to make a significant trade. And I think the Cubs situation is fascinating because they suddenly go on a little run here and put themselves in a little bit more of a wild card scenario. But in my mind, I've watched enough Cubs baseball. This doesn't look like a great ball club and they're probably wasting a prime opportunity to trade Bellinger and or Stroman. Yeah. I think to see a Cubs front office's worst nightmare that they took off, you know, winning here, you know, granted they had a, you know, they played all these, uh, you know, easy teams, you know, beat up on the Cardinals on the uh, nationals on the white Sox. So they wanted to sell, they wanted to trade off Bellinger and then Marcus Stroman. And now they can't. And you can't sell that to the fan base. Same thing with the Padres. They have planned to what, dump off Blake Snell and Josh Hader. Keep Soto for now. But now by sweeping the Rangers, you know, they got to stay, you know, stay in. Say, so, you know what, we're only five games back. Maybe uh, we start turning it on. You know, they better. I, and I think if they don't make the playoffs, I think they'll go down as the most underachieving team in baseball history. Wow. It's a big statement for you, Bob. Mm -hmm. Most ever, <laughs> yeah. ever, I mean, Bob. So yeah, ever. Okay. I know the best payroll stuff, but you know, you got what eleven all stars there. Uh, Mount Rushmore, the top of the lineup. There's no way they should be this bad. There really isn't. Well, it's baseball. That's how Bob. But it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're a Minnesota guy, Bob. We first met when I was in Minnesota. What are the Twins doing? Are are they going to make a move? Because they are still in first place. Now they can't hit very well. Their pitching has been better than I thought. I think. Uh, the back end of their bullpen has been roughed up lately, but they just got swept by the Royals. Are they going to make a move to try to win the Central and put some distance between themselves and the Guardians? They have to. They got to get some bats. I mean, same with me with Cleveland. Uh, I think the Twins are like Cleveland a year ago. You hate to waste all that good pitching. I mean, the rotation's been uh, lights out. Uh, you know, the offense has been bad. You know, Correa. You know, Hicks, you know, Bucks and all, you know, on and on and on. Uh, not Hicks, but Bucks. And so they got to do something here uh, to make a move to get things going. Because I think if they don't make the playoffs, then I think they got to do something. Someone's got to pay the price for this because this weak division, you know, they, uh, there's no reason not to win it. Hey, Bob, getting some questions right now about the St. Louis Cardinals. So, they are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Montgomery goes in the trade yesterday, along with Stratton. Jordan Hicks goes yesterday. Jack Flaherty, I'm sure, will be traded over the next 24 hours, as well as Paul DeYoung. Those guys are all free agents, though, after the season. Do you think that what they're doing right now has made sense? Do you like what they've done? But then the next layer is, should they be listening more seriously to any 
potential offers for Nolan Arenado or even Paul Goldschmidt? I think they're very intrigued by the Dodgers with the uh, Arenado. It's like, okay, can we do, can we really get enough free agent pitching and make trades so we can be competitive in 2024? I think if the Dodgers had made a big, serious offer, they might have done it. Uh, obviously, Arenado would have lifted his uh, no-trade clause to go to L.A. He's from there. Uh, I just don't think the Dodgers offer enough to, to quite tempt them to do so. So I like what they're doing. But we'll see what they do in the offseason. And this team makes as much money as anybody. There's no reason in the world where they shouldn't be in on every big free agent. They should certainly be spending like the Padres do because, you know, they got the ballpark village right there. That's free money. Uh, big crowds, 40000 a night. So they should be spending more than they do. And I think they have to if they want to uh, you know, be relative again. Bob, Jordan Hicks to the Blue Jays. Was that something that – Happens because Romano goes down. Was that something that was a quick moving thing? How is this? How, what, what is, because this isn't something that I had heard before this. Yeah. I mean, teams like Texas were all over him. Uh, I think when Romano got down, went down, it scared him to death, saying, hey, we're too good of a team to uh, not make the playoffs because of an injury here. Let's get, uh, let's get Hicks. Team him, you know, one-two punch for a playoff run in the playoffs. I think they'd be aggressive. I think, you know, they've teased the fans long enough there. I think they have as much talent, if not more, than anybody in the, in the AL East. So anything, you know, without a deep October run would be a disappointment. So I love what they do. I know people say it's a high price tag. But so what? You got a chance to, uh, you know, to make the playoffs and go deep for the first time, uh, you know, haven't been the World Series since 93. All right, Bob, a couple more fan questions for you, that which are exactly things that we'd want to ask you anyway. So, J-Mags, anyone know what the Yankees are going to do? So, another eh weekend for this team, Bob. I know Judge is just back, but they lose two out of three to the Orioles. I don't even think they should be going game by game at this point anyway. But if you're the Yanks, do you just kind of hold and stay quiet for once? Would you buy if you're them? It doesn't seem like they're going to sell them. They don't have that much to sell in terms of short-term rentals anyway. No, I don't see how you can sell either. I think buy. I'm not, do modest buys. I mean, there's really nobody out there that's going to be worth the major buy anyway. So I think you buy and just try to get in the playoffs and then take your chances on uh, Cole and everybody else that you're going to have a, uh, a nice run. Uh, you know, just having Aaron Judge back makes such a big difference. I think if Judge does what he did the first two months, you know, uh, his value to the Yankees is probably going to finish second in the uh, AL MVP race, or he should. It's Otani. I mean, it's amazing what he means to that franchise. Okay, and then staying in the division, we've got a question from one of our regulars, Toasty. Is there a chance the Red Sox trade Alex Verdugo? Seattle maybe for Miller or Wu? Miami for Cabrera or Garrett? Clearly he wants some pitching for the Red Sox and is trying to use someone that's currently on the ball club. But Boston's been quiet, Bob, and for a while we thought this wasn't a great team and they were going to be sellers, but they're also in the market for some pitching, right? Yeah, they're kind of caught in no man's land, too. I think the front office probably wants to sell. But, you know, they're hanging right there in the race. Uh, you know, Verdugo doesn't have that much value, okay value. Uh, Seattle's, you know, more caught in the middle there. I mean, they're listing offers on a, on a few guys, including, uh, you know, Teoscar Hernandez. They played very good baseball in July. Uh, I don't think they're going to buy, but I don't think they should not sell. Hopefully they don't. It'd be kind of crazy to wave the white flag. When you've only had what one one winning season the last twenty one years is I mean uh, one playoff season in twenty one years it's time to actually you know go for it 
It doesn't sound like they will, but they should. Nobody goes for it, Bob. They all want to hold on to their prospects. Okay. Right. <laughs> prospects have value. The, the, pro- the double, exactly. The, the 20 year old kid in double A is worth 20 million, but the big the established big league is only worth 1 million. So bad trade, whatever. The, the Astros and the Rangers are fascinating to me. By the way, from now on, you call me Iceman. Uh, <laughs> the, the Astros and the Rangers are interesting to me because Texas just said, we're going for it, right? The Astros haven't really done anything. Yes, Graveman, nice pickup. But are the Astros now have to do something because of what the Rangers did? And will their front office be forced to do something and pay a higher price because of what the Rangers did? They should. I mean, there's no reason not to go get Verlin or bring him back, uh, let the Mets pay you know fifteen million dollars or whatever. You know, give away some prospects. You got a first-year GM, uh, Dan Brown, scouting background. I'm sure he does not want to give up prospects, but you got to go for this thing. I don't think the windows you know open that much longer for those guys. Remember now, Bregman's a free agent, I think, after next year. So is Altuve. Uh, you got to go for this thing. So I think they better be aggressive or be very disappointing. Uh, same thing. I mean, yeah, they sell out, sell out crowds all the time. Great, great support. Just go for it. You know, if you're, uh, if you believe in your scouting and farm system, you know, go get some more prospects. You know, it's not like that's going to be the last prospect you ever get. Okay. So Bob, let's finish with this fans asking for your Justin Verlander official prediction, or at least the latest on a, will he get traded B where do you think the contenders, the front runners are? And then there's even a C level, which I think is pretty easy to shoot down where we've gotten a couple of fan questions saying McNeil Alonzo. So I don't think they're going to that layer of like completely tearing it all down, but I, I do believe Verlander gets dealt in the next 24 hours. What about you? I do too. I, I, uh, I'll go Dodgers or Astros. I'll probably go Dodgers in this sense where he always wanted to play for the Dodgers. He was always disappointed. They never wanted him. And, uh, you know, hey, if Cohen's going to pay, you know, $50 million or so, the Dodgers will love that. Nobody's got more prospects than Dodgers. I think he ends up there. I think in the offseason, the Mets completely unload. I, I think Alonzo's gone, McNeil, whoever they can dump off. I, want, I think they want, want a clean slate for David Stearns. Stearns is going to come in there from Milwaukee. Uh, he wants all this money off the books. It's almost like he's got his fingerprints on this thing already as far as the moves they made. So, yeah, I, I got Verlander going, uh, going there. Whoa, I, I can't let you go off that. You think even someone like Pete in the offseason gets dealt away or they don't lock him up long term? You don't think there's, I don't know, somebody in this team right now that's part of the core? I mean, Pete, to me, it's like you're, you're power hitting first baseman who can hit you 50 plus, very well liked by the fan base, very marketable. You think they'll just say, scrap it all down, let's start again and they can sign a bunch of guys because they're, I don't think they're, we know this, Bob, you can agree on this, right? Like they're not going to be doing a rebuild, even like the nationals are doing within their division where you spend no money, you pile up prospects. You don't think they're going to do these years of pain for their fan base. Do you? No, about think they'll be contenders next year. So if you're not going to contend mm-hmm. next year, why keep Alonzo? If you're going to sign them, you know, how come you haven't done it already? You're signing everybody else. And uh, there's gotta be a reason why they do so. And I think by bringing Stearns in, he's from Milwaukee. They had a small payroll. I think he wants all the money off the books as possible and say, you know what, let me construct a team the way I want. If you're not going to contend next year, you know, why keep Alonzo? Hey, they wow. can't compete with the Braves for the next, like, five years, Bob, unless they do something. <laughs> I mean, the Braves are all locked up. They got their team to, like, 2030. The Mets, <laughs> they got, they're, they're, 
not going to do it for the next four or five years. So why not blow it up? I like it, Bob. Great, great stuff. <laughs> Thanks, Iceman. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Appreciate you stepping aside for 15 while you're breaking trades and all of that. So great to talk to you. Enjoy these next 24 hours. All right. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Bob Nightingale, USA Today. Give him a great follow as well, um, as you can check him out at B Nightingale on Twitter. We'll bring in a, a few of the questions here from fans right now. So um, we have Justin who asked about if we think that the Cardinals are doing things right so far or if they should have brought in people like Arenado and Goldschmidt, whether it's now or during the winter time. I think some fans – once they see some selling, Kratzy want their team to just keep selling, I guess, potentially. For me, I still think there are some good parts of this Cardinals organization. Like, I don't think they suddenly became this disaster that needs to rebuild for years. I also will give them credit on this front. Though they don't always, or they almost never spend as much as I want them to, because they should be operating like a top 10 franchise based on how they do with TV ratings, based on how they do with attendance and owning some of the spots around the ballpark, right? They make tons of money. At the same time, they're always competing. They're always involved in a playoff spot. This is the first time I think we saw, right, in John Mazalak's tenure that they've really been clear-cut sellers. You should applaud that, that you're rooting for a team that consistently wins, and it's not like it's a team that doesn't win World Series. Like, they've won World Series, right? You've had your mix of that as well. So I'd like to, to give them that credit and also the fact that I don't want to see them get rid of everyone. At the same time, for me, I'm, I'm much more on board with keeping Arenado. He's younger. You have him signed for a long time. Goldschmidt, to me, is, is getting older. He's still been great, so the longevity is there. It's not like we're seeing serious signs of decline from him or anything, obviously. I mean, look what he did last year, too. But you don't have much time left with him. Next year, and then he's a free agent. So if I'm not re-signing him, that's someone I would have considered trading if I got the right return right now. For sure. But I've heard that they do want to re-sign him, and I don't know that if you have a lineup going into next year, because obviously it's about next year, if you have a lineup going into next year of Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado and whoever the smattering of people they want to throw in the outfield after they get rid of Tyler O'Neill and possibly a Burleson, I'm a free agent pitcher that wants to go there. So if whatever they do next lines them up to actually get some starters that are going to give them something for an entire season and possibly two, three years down the road, then I would keep those guys. It sounds like it sounds like Goldschmidt wants to stay. And if a guy wants to stay and that's out there in the universe, you're not getting rid of him and he wants to retire a Cardinal. And Arenado at third base automatically makes a pitcher's ERA a half a point lower. And you want to go to a place. And I think that's where they their biggest misstep was besides signing Wilson Contreras to be behind the dish in this offseason, they need to get some type of pitching and you lure that pitching with solid gold glove defense in both corners. Hey, hey Scoot. A yes. uh, couple fan questions for you. I agree with everything you guys just said about the Cardinals. The problem is Arnauto and Goldschmidt have full no trade clauses. So unless they want to go somewhere, they're not going anywhere. And I don't know that the Cardinals can sell that to their fans. We traded – two probable possible future hall of famers kind of, I know they're kind of a little bit at the back end now, but still they made huge trades to get them. How do you go into the off season? If you're the Cardinals, a team that is supposed to be a top 10 team and they make all the money 
and you say, hey, we traded Arenado, we traded Goldschmidt, we're starting over. Rebuild doesn't work in St. Louis. It's it's kind of like the Yankees. You don't really get to rebuild the Dodgers because of the the, the town and what the people believe you should be good every good at every year, which is winning. So I don't know that that works. Uh, just just my opinion. But but there is a couple teams that I want to ask you guys about because the fans are kind of clamoring for it. One, the Marlins, and two, the Diamondbacks. Both teams in the playoffs. Chase, Marlins have a wild card spot right now, right? D-backs are just out of it. Yeah. Why aren't they making moves? We haven't even talked about them. We haven't talked about the Marlins. We haven't talked about the D-backs. I know they're not huge financial powerhouses, but why have these two teams not done anything, at least on the small side? Diamondbacks have a ton of prospects. Marlins have a ton of prospects. They haven't even made a small move to try to improve and get into the playoffs. Those are the teams, to me, that this is where they should thrive. They should say, we got a chance to make the postseason. Let's go for it. Yeah, I'm with you. So we did. T- we haven't talked about him today. We talked about him last week. So first off, on Friday's show, when we were live at Borgata in Atlantic City, that was the day after David Robertson was dealt, and that was the official raising of the white flag from the New York Mets. Robertson, I think, is a brilliant pickup. We just saw him pick up his first save as a Marlin. There's your closer, veteran guy. He's had an awesome year, like ERA plus. He's at he was in like the 200 something. So he's he is a an elite elite reliever right now, a top 10 reliever this year in terms of his performance and his stats. Awesome, love what they're doing on the pitching front. On the hitting side, I think the Marlins still have, in my mind, one if not two or three bats to pick up. If they don't get at least one more boost on offense, I would say it's a very disappointing trade deadline for them. Even more so, Kratzy, because they picked up D-Rob. You're telling me, like, yeah, let's try and make the freaking playoffs. It's time to start turning the corner from rebuild into contending. They're doing that. There's a chance for them to buy, grab a wild card position. So, for me, it's got to be at least one, if not two, bats. I know Candelario, I heard Mike Rizzo talking yesterday, actually to Bowden on his show, about how there's eight teams, about eight teams talking to him about Candelario right now. We know Mar- the Marlins are one of them. So, that is a deal in my mind that needs to get done. I could see them grabbing another outfield bat. So offense is the need for me with the Marlins. And then the Diamondbacks are interesting. They definitely need pitching. They definitely need starting pitching and relief pitching. But as far as the rotation, I mean, Gallon's at the top. You start to feel nervous after that with guys that are either hurt or outperforming expectations. So Diamondbacks need to make moves. I don't know. I could see them being one of the quieter, disappointing teams right now and say you know what we're going to compete but we're not going to go all in we're not going to give up much in terms of prospect capital because they don't spend as much as they used to as an organization even when they're on the winning side of things so i think they're going to be a little more um, scared to shed prospects right now what do you think of those two i have two cardinals going to each team i have flaherty going to the diamondbacks because the diamondbacks i have a tough time seeing them pick up some type of like some type of bat because the team has this athletic makeup that you just don't get like obviously they can't get CJ Crone but like a guy like that who doesn't quite fit the whole diamondback like persona and I think Flaherty could come in there but I don't know that there's a ton of an upgrade but I don't think you're really giving up too much to get Flaherty and who I'd like to see go to the Marlins I really like Joey Wendell but I think Paul DeJong at shortstop could be a huge pickup for them. You satisfied there, AJ? I no, I like it. I, I just, okay. I mean, people people are saying, you know, you know, I love when people are like, you forgot about Robertson. No, I didn't, but I didn't think the Marlins needed pitching. 
I think they need a bat, like you said, Scott. I mean, Robertson's a great pickup. Don't get me wrong, because Puck and whoever else we were using to close has kind of faltered. But the thing is, is, is like you said, Scott, they need hitters. And, and Kratz, great idea. Wendell's a great player. He's more of a kind of a utility guy. Throw Paul DeYoung out there. He's, he's He'll hit you a homer, and he'll play a good defense for you. And the Diamondbacks, they need pitching. Great idea. Jack Flaherty, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Won't have to give up a ton. Go and make these moves because this might be your chance right here, Marlins and D-backs, to get into the postseason. So, listen, I'm all four teams going for it. I want them to go for it. Yeah, and neither of those players that you're mentioning in Flaherty and DeYoung, they're not costing you the farm, right? Exactly. That's, that's why that's they make sense. That's a big portion of this, too. I agree. That's a great call by Kratzy. I love it. Okay, so let's pop off. And that's presented by our friends at Cookie Pop. So I want to get a little, that's what he said, breakdown of this quote from Aaron Boone on the Yankees offense after their loss to the Orioles on Sunday. They struck out a season high 18 times. This from Gary Phillips, who I believe covers the team. I don't know the publication. I'll find, I'll look it up. Uh, quote from Boone, outside of the strikeouts. I thought at-bats were building off of last night. I thought we grinded out really well. We made it really tough on Dean Kremer. We couldn't finish off. And then the note there, they struck out 18 times. There are 27 outs in a regulation game. Now, <laughs> it's the New York Daily News he writes for them. Um, so, AJ, <laughs> am I missing something? Or is this a sign? Is Boone throwing some really <laughs> nifty shade oh. At not only his ball club, but his front office as it's trade deadline season, is he shouting, Judge is not enough. This offense sucks right now. Um, <laughs> I listen, I, Aaron Boone is a great dude, but come on. You know they say? Come on, man. <laughs> like, you got to be kidding me because you struck out 18 times. Yeah, Kramer only went four innings. He punched out seven, right? But then you go Bauman, one inning, one punch out, Fujinama, two, four. Kaloum, 1-3. Cano, 1-3. Like, you struck out 18 times. I don't want to hear about good at-bats. What's the strength of the Orioles? It's their bullpen. So what, you're rushing to get Cano and Bautista, Fujinami, Kaloum, Bauman, who's 8-0, by the way? You're rushing to get those guys into the game? Like, let's take a step back. It's a nice way of saying, yeah, we got the starter out early. That used to be the play. The problem is the bullpens are so damn good now that you don't want to get to these good teams' bullpen. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he's also covering – what's he saying? Anthony Rizzo, 0 for 5, 5 punches last night? Uh, I mean, what's he trying to say? He, he saw 20 pitches and 5 punch outs? Like, what are we doing? Like, the key is to score points and win the game. So, by striking out 18 times, you don't win a lot of games. Plus, let's not forget, Luis Severino, he gave up six runs in the first inning before he got an out. That was the problem. They could add all the great at-bats they want. But when you're down 6 nothing. Before you get an out, you're probably going to lose that game. And when you strike out 18 times, you have no chance. I feel like I feel I feel like the whoever asked this question and got the response, they had their phone up recording it, you know, like they do, and they they got it, and they were like, "What? Like you you like you grinded out at bats? You had 18 strikeouts? Like this is this is either like you said, Scott, like." He is clapping back at the front office and saying, hey, we got you the hardest hitters in the game. This is so awesome. Or it's just Boone being just this, you know, uber positive guy. And he is all in because you have to be all in and you can't just sit here and dog one of your best hitters. 
going 0 for 5 when he's already probably feeling like he should be dogged in Rizzo. But, I mean, you, there's no way – I would love to hear the follow-ups to that. Like, do you really believe that, Aaron? Do you really believe 18 strikeouts is something that we can push into the playoffs? Like, you're not sitting there going, hey, guys – we have to make an adjustment somehow. Like Sean Casey didn't strike out a lot. You think he's sitting there like, good one, guys. You guys had a lot of lot of good exit velocities, bro. <laughs> he's only working with what he's got, though. So this spins us to the front office. And, I mean, we've had this all week. So I feel like it's timely here. And then we'll get into it more, of course, tomorrow during the extensive coverage that we'll do on foul territory. But – what are you doing right now if you're the front office? Where do you place blame to if you're the owner of this ball club and Hal Steinbrenner? Why are we talking so much about the luxury tax with a team like this and being like, oh, we got to be careful about not going over this number? Like, dude, you're the Yankees. Relax. At the same time, we're watching this team now for a while. And unless we think that Aaron Judge is going to replace half the roster as, as a clone or something like that, is this – is this a World Series winning ball club? What part of the ball club screams, this is it, guys. This is a better team than X, Y, Z, et cetera. In the American League, let alone. Don't even talk about what the Braves have done all season long. Let's just even focus on the American League. Are they better than the Orioles? Are they better than the Blue Jays? Are they better than the Rangers? Are they better than the Astros? Are they better than the Rays? And keep going down the line. How many teams do we have to go down before we say, yeah, the Yankees definitely are in this spot in the American League right now, the way we're looking at them, because I don't think they're making major, major ads. I know Yankee fans for a while were asking about Cody Bellinger, and we did that line, what, a week ago? Yeah, 12 teams, 12 fan bases think they're getting Cody Bellinger. Guess how many are actually getting them? I said one last week. The answer now is zero, because the Cubs aren't trading him. There just aren't those impact bats available right now at the trade deadline. You're not getting Juan Soto. He's not getting traded. So I don't know what the answer is. The answer last week was Randall Gritchick because he's pretty cheap, and we thought that might be a ball a ball player that the Yankees are going to look at as kind of your classic fit of, oh, he's, he's performing well, stat cast metrics, all of that. Apparently they didn't even call about him. So Lane Thomas, going to be really tough to pry him away too. Mike Rizzo just said some teams are looking at him as more of a platoon guy. We're not. We're big on him, so maybe that's a little bit of posturing for a trade, but at the same time, he's got multiple years of control. I just don't know if you're a Yankee fan, realistically, what you're thinking about right now. And some fans are like, let's sell. I'm like, there's not much to sell. Severino has said, I'm the worst pitcher in baseball right now. He just said that after yesterday. So it's a little bit of a Yankees therapy session, but AJ, I just I just think they don't do much. What can they do? Again, it, it, it's kind of like what we talked about with the Mets. What can they do? Because there's not anybody really out there impact now with the guys that have been pulled back off the market. And the Yankees, listen, they're not – the Yankees are notorious for overhyping their prospects in order to get people to make the moves with them. And I think people aren't falling for that anymore. And, and, and to me, who do you move? Do you move a Glaber Torres to try to get somebody? But eh, do you really want to do that? Rizzo probably doesn't have much value that Yankee – Fans are clamoring for Josh Donaldson to be go away, right? But look at their outfield right now. Bader's struggling. IKF has been really their best hitter. Judge is, I mean, in the outfield. Judge is back now, right? But he's played two games, had to take yesterday off because he was hurt for so long. Their catching situation is a mess, 
right? Shortstop Volpe hasn't done what we thought. Third base is, yeah. So what do they do? Where do they turn? And who, what prospect do they have? I'm looking right now. The, the, the one that everyone says, oh, well, go, go trade Jason Dominguez, right? No, that's the opposite of what they should be doing, dude. I understand that. What's he hitting, though? Look at what he's hitting. He's struggling right now. Yeah, he's 12 years old. He's, he needs I, time. I understand that. But, He'll be good, but that dude, that's but, that's a year or two away. I, I understand. Well, what do they go do? That's kind of what I'm saying is yeah. what do the Yankees do? Because what do they have? Let's see. Let's pull up Yankees prospects, right? Well, no, they got Wells. They got Dominguez. If we're if we're looking at the top end of their shelf, those are dudes that need to stay right now in the ball club. I'm not giving those guys up for a rental or anything, right? Why now. don't they call Boston Wells? Why why is he not up right now? And Florial too, even who's who's on the older side, but he's been crushing it in the minors. There's a lot of complaining to do. We're we're tight on time here, so Kratz, do you have something? And then we'll uh, we'll finish Just strong with, with with the and this might be sound my Yankee bias here, but the whole like payroll thing you touched on a little bit the luxury tax for for Hal is more of a spiteful luxury tax he's all without saying it he said it I can go over the luxury tax he's like I already pay enough to these bottom dweller cell suckers who take all my money in this profit sharing I'm not going over it because I don't want to give any more to these guys yeah so that's his that's his role in the whole thing and until this Yankees front office, I can't, I'm not saying you completely abandon it, but until they just sit there and go, okay, we want the hardest throwers. We want the guys who throw the hardest sinkers because we love the sinker right now. And we want the players who hit the ball the hardest, Joey Gallo. They had Joey Gallo, Giancarlo Stanton, and Aaron Judge in the same lineup, the top three average exit velocity guys. Until they, until they, abandon that not completely abandon it but like use some general like common sense they're gonna keep having these same results and i'm gonna keep betting the over on when dean kramer comes in dean kramer comes into a game and is gonna get me seven punch outs because they may get some runs they may get some pitch counts up but they're gonna punch out they're gonna keep punching out and it just doesn't win consistently Well said. Well said. So strong pop off. Visit cookiepopcandypop.com. Enter code foulball for 20% off there in the FT fam. Woo. And a reminder to everyone watching right now, we are on for hours and hours and hours. And also, if you're new to foul territory, we do this every single weekday, one to three Eastern, first hour on Stadium. We post a bunch of this and you can watch the whole thing for free afterward. Everything's free, though, on Stadium, on Foul Territory's YouTube from two to three. And let's uh, do what we always do at the end of the show. Strike! Ball. Challenge. (laughs) I'm challenging. Strike call. You don't get challenges until next year. So let's slap hands and just remind everyone what we're doing tomorrow. Kratz, myself, and Todd Frazier will be at the lab, the studio, uh, down in South Jersey to go through all of the trades. AJ will be with us for the first couple hours. So will Russ Dorsey, and we'll have a whole slew of insider guests. Also, when teams make deals, we'll bring them on. Baseball America is involved, so they'll help us with the prospect evaluations that go on. So if your team's a seller and you're like, uh, was that good? We'll get some Baseball America help on that front as well. So it's an all-day extravaganza starting at 1 o'clock Eastern time. If there's a trade overnight or in the morning, we'll give you like a quick take. So check out our socials, you know, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, uh, 
whatever AJ calls it, X, um, Instagram, TikTok. But on this very foul territory YouTube channel, we'll be here for you up until it says around six, really call it around 630 Eastern time by the time we finish up wrapping up all the trades and talking to everyone. So we'll take your questions there. I'll mix in some of them um, from what we didn't get to today. I'll save some of them so we can ask them tomorrow. You guys ready? Yeah, I hope we have snacks because I'm going to get really hungry. Mm, we oh. do have snacks. Very convenient snacks. So we'll be in good shape. But uh, yeah, thanks to everyone for joining us. Thanks to Ken Rosenthal to start off the show. If you missed him, just backtrack on it. We'll post this whole podcast for you on Apple and Spotify like we always do there. Just search Foul Territory and Bob Nightingale. And did you guys like Jim Bowden? I know I talk him up. That's one of my oh. boys. He was like a little love fest you and him, you and him have. I That's feel like you dude. guys have role played before. <laughs> Stop it. Dude, he was rolling. I liked it. <laughs> he was rolling. He you was guys rolling. role play well together. <laughs> <laughs> More of this shit tomorrow on FT Live. We will not hold back, okay? If a team sucks at the trade deadline, they don't do shit like, say, the Orioles, you're on the clock, we'll smash them. If a team like Texas keeps adding, we'll praise them. We'll see you on Tuesday for a big one. Time to swing for the fences on BetMGM, a new MLB free-to-play game for sweet prizes. Here's how to make it happen. Log into the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Play the BetMGM MLB free-to-play game until September 7th, 2023. Be a batter and pick an area of the strike zone. Depending on the area of the zone you pick, you will get a single, double, triple home run or pop-out and receive the prize associated with that type of hit. You can play once per day. Prizing must be used on MLB and expires in 24 hours. Always bet responsibly. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.